Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today we're talking about. <laughs> you always make it sound like you have a question. So we're talking about: Do we really need a new RPG for every new movie, TV show, or set of books? Yes. Well, normally I would say no, right? Because you know I think there's a there's a there's a huge flood of RPGs out there, and you know if almost all your needs can be met already. The question of whether do we need to get another role playing game uh, is always a question. But but I was thinking about this, and, and it's kind of kind of a weird thing to say that we don't need any new role playing games. But when I think about it, there's quite a few people who are coming new to the hobby because of different avenues, from some exposure to Dungeons and Dragons or what they call Dungeons and Dragons on Big Bang, right? Because you know what they play is not exactly how. You play Dungeons and Dragons, right? They, they, you know they have. Didn't you say in one scene what what happened? It's more like like a choose your own adventure type of thing. Uh, in sort one, of. In one scene, he had a table. Oh, he had he a rolled. table. Yes, yeah, right. He rolled. Yeah, like random monster table. Other things like uh, actual plays have brought people in who don't normally, who aren't already in the hobby or aren't even interested in the hobby, but because they watch. Critical Role or something like that, they go, oh, they're playing a role-playing game and they're playing Dungeons & Dragons and that might bring them into the hobby. And then also you have people who play video games and, you know, sometimes kids get tired of video games and and it might entice a video player to pick up a role-playing game if they recognize a title from one of their games that they play. Are you sure kids get tired of video games? Well, no. Because mine I, hasn't. No, neither have I. So, but, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they might come across a, a role-playing game based on a video game and they'll like, oh, what's this? And they'll pick it up and they're like, oh, you know, you can play in that world, play those type of adventures in that world that they play in video games. And so they might pick up a book and might get interested in that way is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So... So then, you know, if you if you believe that, you know, and I and I do now. I'm, I was I was kind of one of those naysayers, or we don't need any more role playing games, or not that many. Which I find ironic, considering <laughs> the number of role playing books that I'm looking at right this moment. In fact, well, you got a whole new bookcase just to put some of your role playing game new to get some of the role playing games up. <laughs> So I find it ironic that you, of all people, would say that there are too many role-playing games. Okay, so I consider myself a collector. No, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> so hopefully the value is is high. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that like uh, old-time gamers that still play, and old-time meaning that I've played since the seventies. I think people like me are looking for that perfect game. You know, the game that's gonna fit the niche or the this it, you know what is the it itch yes scratch that itch we've we've talked about that before yes the, we have the that. search for the perfect game and it, it is a kind of a a drive for people to not only find that game that's going to make them feel like feel that that rush of of whatever you want to call it yeah well it's like a board game right you can love a board game and we we have we're we play the same board game over and over again, right? A lot of people who play board games, especially Euro games and and those type of games, they play a lot of different games. They'll play a new game that comes out. I would say most of the games that we have in our closet, I would say most, are over 
three, four years old. Yeah. Except for we, you know, like I, every once in a while, I'll bring a new game to the to the collective. That's not true. Other people bring new games too, but there doesn't necessarily mean they're new. They're new to us. Yes. Not new from new publication. Flea markets are, especially gaming flea markets, are yes. the best place to get used games. Well, not only used games, but even used RPG games. Yes. That you can tell the person has never opened or looked at, right? right. But they had bought all of them because because they thought that that would be really cool to play that. Right. And I think a lot of that happens when usually it's a GM as, as or somebody who or somebody sees a game. They go, oh, I would like to play that. They get the books and then they go to their group and they go, oh, look at this. I found this new game. You guys want to play? And they all look down and say no. So you look down depressed at your little books that you bought and you put them on your shelf and you look at them for a while. And then you're like, I have to say goodbye because I'll never get to play <laughs> Or, and so you, or, or you find people who like that game, oh, yeah. which is really easy right now, and people are dying <laughs> to play any kind of game they can get. Online. Yes. 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 I think that is true. But you're right. But I think most people, most gamers go out and buy a game thinking, oh, my, I want to play this game. I want to play, run this game for my group. And then the group says, nah, this doesn't really appeal to us. So instead of like going online or finding a different group by going to meetups or pen and paper and all these other online things and ways you could find other groups and players, people just go, oh, nobody wants to play with me this game, so I'll sell it. And that's literally a lot of the games that I have that are almost brand new, you know, and they'll tell me, oh, I, I just I just looked at it, you know. And it is sad because you can tell, like when we go to flea markets, I look at things, I look at things differently than other people because <laughs> I see, I know what Saul likes. I know the games that he really likes because he's bought like six of the books to give out to his friends just so they'll play with him. Right. <laughs> so, but I see things like the last one we went to, there was a, a Feng Shui 2. Yes. And then what was the other one? The one that you bought? Did I, did I buy the Feng Shui book? No, or? you bought the other one. I bought the other one? I don't remember. Oh my God. <laughs> But I pointed so, them both out to him, and he looks at them, and we always, you know, when you go to a flea market, gaming flea markets aren't so bad, but if you go to a real flea market, you never want to express interest in anything. So you, I always point it out to him, and we keep walking, and then he, he does like 20 passes through the gaming flea market, just in case he missed something that he really wanted. And then he goes back, but then he went back, and he asked the guy about the books, and, and he bought the one book and he realized that the guy had never actually opened the book because he already knew what the RPG was. And yeah, that was Feng Shui. The other one, I, the one I did buy, I hadn't played before. And I'm like, oh, uh, it was uh, Feng Shui 2. He goes, oh, that's the Kickstarter edition. And I'm like, oh, did you did you play it? He goes, no, I didn't get to play it. And I go, oh, and what about this other game? Oh, I didn't get to play that one either. I go, and I was like, I was kind of incredulous. I'm like, wow, really? And then, and then I go, well, how much do you want for the books? He goes, well... I think it was $15 or 20 for both. And I'm like, I'm being me being a cheap bastard. I go, how about 10 for this one? And I know he wouldn't give me, uh, well, I should have just got the other Feng Shui book, but I think everybody I know owns it or, you know, the few people that don't own because it. Because he bought it for them and gave it to them yes, most likely. Yes, yes. <laughs> or I gave him an old copy because I had like two copies of the old Feng Shui book. I have the, the color copy of Feng Shui that was a full color one. Which I don't know if it's collector's item, but I really 
and which looks really nice. And then there's a second edition that I bought. So that that in and in and of itself shows that there are lots of games out there that people have never got to play, right. but they really liked them. Or like if you're like Saul, you find the books at, and he's really cheap. So when I when I tell you he bought six books, it's not like he bought paid full price for them. Um, that <laughs> would the be the market. that anyway. would be the 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 new like Dungeons and Dragons D or D and D fifth edition or even like Pathfinder. All of those books because the kids wanted to play them. We actually bought those new. Well, actually, some people gave them to me, like Steve and the boys yeah. gave me some books. So, so, so there's all kinds of different ways to get games, right? It's not like you have to go out and buy a, the newest game all the time, right? You can wait a year and you'll find it somewhere. But Saul is right. The what and the idea that sparked this this uh, discussion was that we noticed there was like um, Carnival Row, yeah. Um, and I don't know if it was a game or a TV show, but right after the TV, TV show, show, the the game came out. Right, and then and then what what I find ironic is um, Tales from the Loop came out a while ago, right? Uh, yeah, a couple, a couple years. years ago. And then now they have a Tales of the Loop TV, TV show, show, which is it sh- it shows me that sometimes when gamers are are decide they like something, right? They they put a lot of energy into it and they really like it and someone's going to pick up on it and make a TV show. So just like with Star Wars and Star Trek, the games have come out of those, right? A long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yes. But now there's all kinds of new shows and new ideas that people come up with. And I think it, you were saying, does every book and TV show and movie need to have an RPG? Right. And in a way, it kind of is, is fitting, right? Buffy the Bam- Vampire Slayer and stuff like that. But now there's a lot of them out, coming out, it seems like, because people have ways to get them out faster. Well, and then there's just so many original or or not original. Well, I guess there are original TV shows coming out, specifically because of Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and, Hulu and, and even YouTube. like Apple TV. They're coming out with their own, Disney. own TV shows. Yeah, Disney. They're coming out with their own. It's a new world, people. Their own TV shows, and they, for whatever reason, they're taking more risks than regular television. Like, regular television took a risk. Well, I don't know how much of a risk they took, but because Marvel was shooting through the roof, but there was, like, Supergirl and The Arrow and other shows and other shows like that. But as far as, like, Tales from the Loop, I don't think I would ever see that on any of the three big normal channels, ABCs, NBC, and CBS. What else? Uh, Stranger Things. Does Stranger Things have a role-playing game? No. But Stranger Things is about role-playing game. Well, it's not about... No, well, no. It, it, is, it is based in the 80s, right? Where, yes. Where they play in their basement. They play right? in their basement. And yeah. and then, you know, they go out and it's it's a, like a real live quest, right? A real life quest, I should say. A real life, life adventure, I think. Right. Yeah, you're right. And so there's a lot of nice or, you know, not interesting shows that I don't think would have been made, you know, 20 years ago or even... 10 years ago, you know, Altered Carbon, you know, the, the, all kinds of shows that... The Expanse. The Expanse, exactly. Which I find to be one of the most boring shows in the <laughs> in the world. But I don't mind putting it on and, and you know, and doing my chores while it's on because I can kind of watch it. And as long as I don't try to get it to go faster for my excitement level, it's good because it, 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 it builds up its excitement. Yes, I think it, it's... Saul likes those kind of shows and I'm more of a straightforward you know 
stab him in the back and figure out who killed him kind of girl. But I think the idea is that, and we were talking about Wheel of Time, oh, yeah. which if you haven't read Robert Jordan and you have a little bit of time on your hands, there's a lot of books. I think and, it's the 14. Yes. And Brandon Sanderson has, Finish. has finished them or continued them. I think he finished he it. He finished off the series. Yeah. So, but the idea, there were so many people that loved that. Sorry, Michael. I know you're not one of them. And Chris. And Chris. But he doesn't listen. <laughs> but there were so many people. I remember it was, Robert Jordan was prolific in the 90s. And, yes. and even maybe the early 90s. Because yes. when there used to be boards on like a. AOL. I think was it AOL? AOL? Or it was after AOL. No, it was AOL. I, I remember because I remember I was, we were on AOL. And that's America Online for some if, of you. If you don't know. <laughs> Which was like an internet service provider of some One sort. One of the first. And uh, what was funny is that they would have these groups and you would join a group and they would talk in character. They were called, were they called groups or chat rooms? Or... I forget what it was. It they was, had it both. was hilarious. But, but, but I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the, the, wiki, the wiki sites. But oh. It wasn't called wiki at the time. There was a, a T-O-R site. Tor, that's that's the the publisher. Yeah, and or, it was it was the Wheel of Time. Uh, it wheel. was, but it was T O R. But there was anyway. There were all these people that went on there, and they would tell you what Aja they were in, or, yes. or who they were out of the books, and there were discussions that were just you know, really really talking about the meta of the of the book, like the the inner workings of this, like, and it was interesting if you were really into the book and and. And because some of these people were very, well, not critical, but they read the uh, they read the books with such a discerning way that they were able to you know, gleam out all this information that you know if they plotted out they plotted out the entire world. And to me, I love the books. I've read them like three times, but I've never um, plotted anything on a piece of paper about these <laughs> books. And to me, the the effort and time that people put into doing things like that shows me that there are people, some genres or some movies or books or TV shows just just capture people's like hearts and their souls, and they just want to they want to write about it, they want to talk about it, they want to play in the world. Could you imagine those people? Like some of those people probably had never heard of, of role playing games, right? And they were just like in character because they loved the book so much. Could you imagine if you were to, to tell, you know, somehow get the word to all of them going, well, there's a way you can play in that world, where you could play in that world and do act and do stuff in that world, you know, and they would just freaking go nuts, right? Some of them. Some, Some of them are very introverted and probably wouldn't, but um, <laughs> yeah. But it's the same with um, why Star Trek is such a big thing. There and I'm talking about the conventions and the idea that it it hits a chord in people that you know there's a world out there that where you, where you can belong. So making a role playing game for that is was uh, and they made it alone. They made all kinds of role playing games. It's been made since the I guess the seventies or eighties, late eighties, mid eighties. So you can see why those kind why new games come out. I don't know. I think it has to do with the times though that so many new games come out. Well, I think it's a number of things. I think right now role-playing games are big, right? You know, D&D is huge. Uh, I think they finally said that it stopped growing as far as 
selling new book and not selling new books but getting new people to play there was a dip it went from like 125,000 to 100,000 so could this be the end of the elite no i don't think so but because of that and because it's high visibility in multi you know in movies and and tv shows people are jumping on this bandwagon you know we gotta make a, a rpg we can make an rpg about different things some of the things that i was talking about having an rpg based on a well-liked video game setting and TV movie is sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, but there's a problem is that rules, right? What rules are you going to use? And are the are the rules going to be any good? Now, if you want to specifically get the feel of a certain show, now every show has a certain feel or a certain way that it's going to feel like it should play like if you were going to play in that role-playing game. Altered Car Carbon, which is a science fiction, uh, transhuman transhuman i don't i can't help you with that one sweetie transhuman well you know the, the idea that you can change it transfer your consciousness to different bodies and and so that i forget what that term is i think it is called transhumanity but uh anyway even if it's not uh th that I'm would sure someone will tell you if it's that not. would yeah that would play different than let's say the game based on dune the books by herbert Right. Can I stay out of that game? Right, Frank Herbert. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it would play differently, it would feel differently. So you would so I would think that you would need rules that are tailored to each specific game because every genre, every show is gonna be a little bit different or you know, like a Tales from the Loop game versus something like Altered Carbon, which, you know, there's all kinds of different weapons and di different things like that. I think what you are trying to say <laughs> is that if you're playing a a superhero game you don't want to be playing with gumshoe rules probably yes the yes. idea that that the, the rule system should fit the game correct do all the rule systems fits the game fit the games as they come out or are a lot of them cinematic rules over the top or are they uh, i think that it all depends on who's making the game who publishes the game so so i was looking at you know so basically what i'm saying is i don't want a game that has a hot new show and they just throw something together and put the name of the show splattered all over it and then it turns out to be a crappy game now, but if they're using a, a system like the d20 system or 2d20 or something that you know right then right so i was thinking about that and and you're right you know people say well why just not use a, a system that's already out there and just paste this game over it that's why we don't do this show live people <laughs> Uh, well, I forgot where I was going. Pavlog's dog. No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so, so I forgot where I was going. You were going. That. You were saying you don't. Sometimes a a pasted oh, system doesn't fit the, right. and the genre. Saying, and then, uh, so things can be done well, even even if they're kind of goofy, right? For example, for example, the Wendy's RPG, right, based on Wendy's fast food chain. I forgot. <laughs> what, the, what kind of RPG is it? It was in search of yum. It was a free download. I understand. I'm and just trying to figure out. So it was all based on you know Princess Wendy going and her adventures saving the world of anti cheeseburger this or that. I don't really don't know. I didn't download it. <laughs> but from but from when I read reviews and people talking about, it, they said it was really well done. Basically, it was a D and D clone. The only problem that that people had with it is that they made no acknowledgement to to D D, which is probably probably for legal reasons, right? So that was another another thing is they didn't attribute any artist or contribute the, the creator of it to anybody, 
which you know dug the high the, the hack raised the hackles of certain people out there who are like very most gamers uh, well who like people, to know things like that right and you know people like to be acknowledged for their work uh, another game where you mentioned before it was Carnival Row which was another free product but it was like really n- nicely done I mean it was it was had it was beautiful art you know they used art from the TV show and pictures from the TV show but it had nice art and it had a full detailed history of the world and it had maps and it was really neat it was based on a cipher system but it was free and it was really nicely done now I don't have any adventures of, of adventures I don't have any examples of bad iterations of games but maybe i just don't want to be negative i don't think you were were looking at it in a negative way you were looking you were trying to figure out you know in your brain the why why people why there were so many new rpgs coming out based on on books and um, right and tv shows and movies and so stuff. some some people might say well why don't we just you know stick with like uh generic rpgs that can handle anything right for example because for every RPG there is, there's a, a pe- there's a group of people that don't want to play Dungeons and Dragons, right? They don't want to do it a certain way. Well, is that, well, other than Dungeons and Dragons, right? For GURPS, GURPS is you could play any genre that you want. It's a really old system. It could be really clunky. It could be really what, what chunk chunky. Was that what it is? No, crunchy. I, I, I don't know, but it has a lot of it's it's. Is is GURPS the one, or is that Savage Worlds? Which one is it? The one that there's so many different things. That was that's GURPS. So, okay. but but GURPS, you could use GURPS Lite, which you know is very. You don't have to include everything in the book, uh, in the rules. You know, it's a sliding scale. If you want to keep it light, you don't include so many rules and this and that. The only the only problem with that is that if they're new people to the to playing tabletop role playing games, they might have a, they might get the GURPS rules and the rules themselves might cause them consternation right the idea that there's so many options so you can see why people groups light i guess would be better but there's still a lot of options right Right. so an alternative to that would be like cypher system which is much easier right this cypher system is a cypher to me because i don't know what you're talking about yes it's the one that uses that's using numenera which you've never played so there's Genesis, which is the like the Star Wars mm-hmm. with the funky dice, but they they change the dice into different symbols. I, I don't know if they're different symbols, but I think they have to be. And they use these funky dice, but it's a general system. You can play, you know, use any, uh, you can play any genre you want. Now I don't have that. I haven't looked at it. So, but it, I I play the Numenera, and it's actually a, n- a nice little system. I really like it for that. I don't know about I I don't know about using it as a generic system, but some people like it. Another system is well, Savage Worlds, right? Savage Worlds is a is a generic system, and you can plug in uh, the setting and and boom, you have a a game. I think it all goes back to and we've talked about it before when they opened up the license. Open for, gaming license. Open gaming license. Yes. When was that? Well, that was two thousand when they published third edition. So that's been twenty years. So in the last yes. twenty years, there's been a influx of games, right? I think so, but not every not everybody uses that. No, I, I'm not saying just that, but it, it caused an effect of of other people opening up their gaming licenses. Some of them, right? yes, yeah. some of them, but not all of them. Uh, another thing I was going to say is uh, like Fate. Fate, uh, it the core book just has the rules. There's no implied setting, though they give you examples like three implied settings, and and how you would how you would make those settings work or and stuff like that. But people complain 
about I've heard people complain about Sa- not Savage World, but fate. well, both Savage Worlds and Fate that there there's nothing there's no inherent rules setting in it, and they kind of missed the boat. But see, that's the problem is is you have to work, you have to do something to make it work for whatever genre you're trying to emulate, whether it's a TV show or movie or a set of books. So I think, you know, having different books for uh, new books with their own rules or even even uh, versions of rules that we already know are pretty cool, would be pretty cool to be able to buy and play in that game. For example, for some new systems that are, or new games that are coming out, Dune, right? Dune is this huge, huge property. Is there, I don't think it's been a role-playing <clears throat> game before. I don't think so. I might, I might skip that. He <laughs> really hates dude, but I, 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 I really like, I really like the first book. Even though when I read it when I was twelve, I think I was twelve, it was really difficult to understand because there's a, there was what people were thinking and what people were saying. And as a twelve year old kid, you know, I was only so smart. I wasn't that brilliant, but it was hard for me to keep track of what was said and what was thought and how. And then they, I think they could actually communicate with each other by thinking. Which really made it kind of confusing. So anyway, so Dune's coming out. Uh, Fallout. Fallout's coming out. They're working on a beta testing right now. Uh, Dishonored, which is based on a video game. So is Fallout. is based on a video game. Uh, Altered Car- Carbon, which is based on a TV show. So you know, those are examples of, of new IPs that, that are, have come out or new IPs that are coming to the role-playing table. And each one, I think, you know, all of those would play differently. Uh, Fallout is like a survival game, uh, post apocalyptic. Post apocalyptic, you know, you're dealing with radiation, you're dealing with finding food and stuff like that. Uh, Altered Carbon is a transhuman adventure in. Uh, I think it's still in the solar system. I don't think they can travel faster than light, do they? Oh no, I think they do. Yes, they're able to travel uh, beyond to other stars and stuff. And that's about you know being able to transfer your consciousness to different bodies and then bodies can be enhanced like you know you can have kind of like cyberpunk where they can give you you know not wired reflexes but hardened muscles and stuff like that and and skeletal uh reconstruction and stuff like that so make you hardier and tougher faster and if you haven't watched that tv show it's actually pretty cool i liked it uh dishonored is a video game which i didn't know i never played but it's a it's like a steampunk. It's based in the 1800s, and it's it's uh, it has a quite a big big following in, in with video gamers. But the people really liked it, and that's being done by uh, that's being done in a, in a 2D20 system, which I personally like. Now, now speaking of 2D20 system, it's a, it's a, the house rules by Modifius. Some people don't like Modifius because they come out with a lot of products that they don't feel that. Should they should come out with, but what I like about the two D, I really like the, the way the system works, and they have come out with like Conan, Star Trek Adventures, Mutant Chronicles, John Carter Mars, and and a couple, I think another one or something. Anyway, and all those rules, you would think, well, why don't they just have a core set of two D twenty rules? Because they're all a little bit different, and why don't they just come out? And I've been a little. I've been hearing on, on on groups and stuff like that about they should come out with the core system, the core two D twenty system. But each each one is is specifically tailored to the game, right? Even you, you played Star Trek Adventures and you played John Carter Mars, and those games played 
uh, quite a bit differently. Alien, one of those. No, Alien, Alien is, uh, is Tales from the Loop game system. Do I would I was thinking too they should come out with the SRD kind of thing where they came out with a core system, but because every game that they come out with it is different. Like you wouldn't want to play John Carter with Star Trek rules because it's not the same. Star Trek is. A little bit more grounded on science and stuff like obviously science. And John Carter's more cinematic. Cine- big, hugely cinematic, right? About jumping up and yeah. doing incredible things. And the better and for that one, the more imagination you can use in your in your cin- cinematic description of what you're doing, you can get points for it. Yes. And you, you have a better chance of doing it. Right. So each one is tweaked a little differently. And like the probably the toughest one is Infinity, or not the tough, the crunchiest one is Infinity, which uses I, I think I've mentioned it before uses uh, uh has a, has rules for for cyber combat, uh, social combat, and physical combat, right? And you know, and every system you add to to a to a role playing game is gonna make it you know more crunchy. And there's an in between like Conan is kind of more crunchy than Star Trek, definitely more crunchy than John Carter Mars and uh, but Chronicles goes, fits somewhere in there too. But that too. goes back to the to tailoring it to the to the Correct. to the genre, right? Because right. each genre is want to want to want to play differently. So I was in the same thinking that oh, I want an SRD or a core rules of these two D twenty system. But then when I read all these books and I ha- I've actually bought them, I really like the books that they put out. And I'm like, man, I'm rolling my eyes if you can't see. And I'm thinking the two D system can change from one game to another and it does make a difference a little tweaks and, and sometimes major tweaks to the system that they use the same thing for the new new year zero system though they're actually coming out with a you know core set of rules but that's the same system that they use in uh, uh mutant chronicle not mutant chronicle, sorry uh new year's new mutant year zero uh coriolis tales from the loop and the alien game they all use that same sort of mechanic but they're all completely different because they're all tweaked to fit each genre differently. And so, because Alien plays a lot different than Tales from the Loop. But it has the same kind of mechanics. Right. Just Which is the, you know. <laughs> for Aliens, it's what? Fear? Ang- what is it? No, you, you, it's just the mechanic is you, you have your, your, your skill and you have your attribute. You add them together and that's how many dice you get. Right. And you have to roll a six to succeed. Tales from the Loop works exactly the same way. But... In in uh, in Alien, you have the panic mechanic, right. where it doesn't exist in Tales from the Loop, right. and so so each one is tweaked a little bit different. But you can't understand why you have a panic mechanic of in course. Alien, and, and it totally works. Because I've ran that game twice, three times, and you know it makes for it. Um, it totally changes the game, right? It it is a fun system, and and it's much different than Tales from the Loop. I can see why. You know, each each book that came out with using even using the same system is a little bit different than the other one. You could st- you know, once you play either one of those two games, the two D twenty or a Year Zero system, y- yes, you- <laughs> <laughs> Year Zero system, they're all a little bit different and they play differently. They even play differently and it feel differently. Which, you know, I could see why different games uh, are coming out with different rules and i think you know as gamers we always want to see this mechanic uh something new come up you know something that that works i mean the new new i still say new year zero the year zero system i thought it was a really interesting mechanic and I, and for a dice pool 
dice pools been around for a long time and you know uh shadow run uses dice pools right uh, and it's exactly it's kind of like shadow run you know you add your skill your attribute that's how many dice you roll but in in shadow run it's five or sixes right that you need to get yeah. hits and and glitches are ones and glitches are ones if you yeah. and so so there's new mechanics or new mechanics dot used in a different way can change the way the game flows and how easy it is you know i you know i'm wondering if i can change shadow run to more of an easier way using the I think they came Year out with zero. a lighter Shadowrun. Anarchy. Rules. Anarchy, yeah. Yeah, but now they have 6th edition, which kind of went back to 5th edition type rules. Oh. Changed them a bit. I guess I'm just going to keep playing role-playing games. <laughs> buying role-playing games. <laughs> There's, you know, and just like I was going to make a reference to board games, you know, we play board games quite a bit. And we play, well, not anymore, but uh, we play <laughs> until, you know, until this pandemic is over or gets under control. We play board games, but we are a weird group, seemingly. We play the same board games over and over and over again. But we throw in new ones every once in a while. Every once in a while. Well, we got Azul last year, yes. right? And last year. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's some people who buy games, like two or three new, more than six, let's say one one every two months. And they, and they try them out and they play them. And our group isn't like that. There's people out there who, who are astonished that people play the same game ten times. Because literally, they like the new shiny and will buy. Because there's, you know, over a thousand ga- new board games come out every year at Essen. Probably more than that. But now. until you've played the board game a hundred times, you don't know all the nuances <laughs> of it. Well, sometimes it takes for us. Maybe our group takes a long time to it to sink in. Uh, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking of like Twilight. What is it? Twilight Imperial. Yeah, and those kind of games. Those people love to play those games. Many, many. Those times. are different. I'm talking about major like. I'm just saying. I don't think it's all that different. That is a huge game that takes a lot of time. So you're right. And I think that's a huge investment in time and, and money because they're kind of expensive. But board games, let's say family games that take like an hour, hour and a half, maybe even two hours. You know, you play them. You, maybe you play it two or three times and you kind of know how to play. And then sometimes by the 10th play, you, people are bored. But like, for example, we still play Ticket to Ride. Well, I think it has to do with the fact that the kids were little when we started playing games and we played a lot of the games with them, right? Yes. And teaching them how to play games. But then now we play those same games with them and they kick our butts because we taught them how to play them so well. Right. And then when they get a new game, they read it, they figure it out, and then they they conquer it, right? And they want to do it more than once. That's true. But still, I mean, like for example, I was going to say Ticket to Ride. We probably, honestly... Our Ticket to Ride game, and we've had to change the cards numerous times. That board game, that box, and we still have the box, the original box and everything, that set has probably had seen over a 1,000 plays because we got it when my son was basically born. Right before or right after? Yeah. Right after. Well, he was born in 2003, so in 2004 we bought it. And we used to play it every day because he would go down for a nap. And me, my my. Jolene and my mother-in-law would play Ticket to Ride. And Uncle Wayne. And Uncle Wayne, when he was here, we would play it every day. He'd go down for a nap. We'd we have, also played Settlers of Catan. Yes, and and we would have uh, Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride with the big ones. So we would set up the card table. Boom, we'd, we'd play for an hour, and because he'd go down for a nap for an hour, hour and a half, two hours at the most, and it was right after I got home, a little bit after I got home, but two between two and four, and we would play, and that. At least every day, we'd play that game. 
every day. Yes. Five times a week at least for at least a year, maybe a year and a half. And then we, whenever our gatherings get together, that game gets played all the time because if there's somebody new to our gathering or somebody wants a quick game that they've already know, boom, Ticket to Ride is played. It's a gateway game. Yeah, she keeps saying that. And it's, it's super easy to play and it's fun, still fun for me. And after, I literally, we played that game hundreds of times. And that game board has seen a thousand plays easy. No, I'm not joking. There's no doubt about that. It's seen way more than a thousand. We've gone through like five card sets. But that's like 16 years. Right? <laughs> 16 years. Yes, 17. That's 16 years. But, uh, role-playing games, you know, if you really like a role-playing game, you'll play it over and over and over again and never get out. There's some people who have been playing the same D&D game for the last 30 years, 20 years, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, it's not unheard of. You know, it's kind of rare, but it's not unheard of. And so, you know, but every once in a while, people might want to play something different and see something like, oh, man, I want to play in the Lord of the Rings game or, uh, you know, I want to play in the Dishonored world, uh, Fallout world, whatever. And I think, you know, that's cool. And I think as long as the games uh, that are published are uh, well put together, then I think uh, there's no harm in having a bunch of role-playing games, new role-playing games show up on the market. The only uh, problem with Jolene has is that I might buy <laughs> I was going to agree with him until I saw the look on his face. If she says yes, I can buy as many as I want. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I honestly, you know, like I said, I, I'm kind of critical about what games I buy. I really have to like the genre. But I guess if you look at my shelves, my genre is pretty expensive. <laughs> my likes of genres are pretty expensive. So there you go. If you see a new game you like and you want to try it, try it. Yes, I agree. You can always sell it if you don't like it. Right. There's always eBay. <laughs> So, this is Gaming Perspectives. This all. And Jolene. You have a good day and stay safe.